This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Oh, my goodness. Welcome in, Buccaneer fans, on the Monday after a 34-17 defeat against the arch-rival New Orleans Saints out of the NFC South. It's a tough Monday, a tough Monday to be on the podcast. But look, folks, uh, it's it's not one of those situations where you're going to curl up in the fetal position and give up here. If you're the Bucks, you're still professionals. You're still going to work today. If you're the fans of the team, I know you're down. I know you're discouraged. I know you saw another Sunday with a lot of mistakes and a lot of miscues and another defeat. But you still have got six games to go. You still have got room for improvement. You're trying to get some things done. You're trying to be better in all areas. And that's the only thing you can do now is focus on trying to get better after this one. First, though, we're going to put this game to bed. Let me lay out what we have for you on the podcast. I'm going to give you some thoughts, some analysis here, uh, some insight. I I have talked to several people in the last let's say 12 to 24 hours depending on when you've heard this podcast on i want people said i want to hear what you have to say right now about this game uh for those of you that are not familiar wherever you found the podcast through a social media link through buccaneers.com under the audio section uh, whether you went on the buccaneers mobile app under the audio section and saw nothing but bucks and have clicked it uh, I have been part of the Tampa Bay media and the radio and TV market for over 25 years. For 15 years, right at 15 years, I hosted daily sports radio shows in this market in the 1990s and into the mid-2000s. Uh, so a lot of people became accustomed on Monday to hearing full three- or four-hour shows with me, with callers, with reaction, the whole thing. So I again... I have heard from several people, I want to hear what you have to say uh, about this. Rest assured, I'm going to give you some feelings about it. I'm going to give you some thoughts. Then we're going to get into the highlights. Then we're going to get some post-game interviews. Then look ahead to the upcoming game uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. It's what we do on Nothing But Bucks. A reminder that here with this podcast and the technology that exists, you can subscribe uh, via iTunes. It's always available on the Buccaneers mobile app. It's available at Buccaneers.com on the Mondays after games. But you can find the podcast in the iTunes store, wherever you find podcasts, search for Nothing But Bucks. That's the name of the podcast. Subscribe, and it'll come automatically to you when it's when it's uh, available and ready on Monday without you having to look for it. So that's a good thing. That's, that's part of it. Uh, all right, so let me give you some overall thoughts here as we're going to get into the highlights. Uh, the first thing that came to mind as the game went on, the New Orleans Saints deserve a lot of credit. Because they are very well coached, very well prepared. Uh, They are ready to go whether they're at home or on the road. That's why last week's loss by them to Atlanta, with the Falcons coming off the bye week, the Falcons and the Saints, by the way, were both coming off the bye week. It was shocking to watch how uh, overwhelmed they were, how Atlanta threw new wrinkles in their defense and they couldn't adjust. They were sacking Drew Brees. And the Saints were held without a touchdown and held to their fewest points since Drew Brees became their quarterback with Sean Payton as the head coach, only nine points last week. That was really an aberration. That is unusual. What you see when you play the Saints is a team that does not beat themselves. You have to take the ball away, strip sack, strip fumble. They're not going to commit pre-snap penalties you don't see it it's it's rare from them they don't beat themselves is my point they are rarely rarely last week was rare they are rarely overwhelmed and confounded and can't figure it out you have to outplay them 
I've watched enough of the Sean Payton, Drew Brees show in New Orleans in the Superdome and at Raymond James Stadium to know that if you don't come with your A game, if you don't do what Atlanta did, disrupting with pass rush, disrupting with confounding them, confusing them with your coverages, if you don't on offense take it to them, which Matt Ryan did a week ago uh, with the Falcons pass game and they even ran it a little bit, you're, they're not going to beat themselves. This much we do, do knew know about the Saints. And so that was to be expected yesterday. What's disappointing watching the Buccaneers now in 10 games is you're seeing a lot of the same mistakes continue. And if Bruce Arians was sitting right here and you're going to hear from him from yesterday's postgame show, Bruce Arians would be telling you the same thing, which is, You've got to be on the same page defensively in the secondary. There is still confusion. There are still guys running open through the secondary. And uh, Michael Thomas is one of those that's going to get his. But when we hear the highlight of the touchdown coming up, he's by himself over on the right corner of the defense. There's no one with him. You've got to get better at that. That's on you. From a pass-blocking standpoint, That's gotten worse. Now, some of that is you've become one-dimensional. Didn't run the ball enough uh, yesterday. Yes, I'm being critical uh, of the play calling and the balance, but how can you not be when you look up in the third quarter and you've got 34 or 35, something like that, pass plays and five rushes, a 7-to-1 ratio in a game that you're not hopelessly behind in and being blown out? What is the identity on the offense? I think that's a fair question from Buck fans. Media, observers, anybody that's watching, and if you're not trying to run the football, uh, what's what's the reason behind that? You've got talented running backs in Ronald Jones and, and Peyton Barber. I think this is one of those that if Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich and the offensive staff had a do-over, had a mulligan like in golf, hit another tee ball, they would have been trying to run the football much more, especially in that second quarter, especially early on in the third quarter, to try to get something established, especially when the Saints were taking so much time off the clock. Do you realize they had the ball, New Orleans, for almost 13 minutes in the first quarter, and the Bucks ran five plays in the first quarter? Two time-consuming drives. Yes, they only led to field goals. Chewed up almost all of the first quarter, and then uh, we'll get into the highlights after the bang-bang uh, bobbled catch by O.J. Howard that results in an interception. They score one play later on the pass to Thomas, so they they led 13-0. But uh, it, it basically was chewing up the first quarter on two drives and wearing the defense down for some, some for later on in the game. You could see it in the second quarter they were beginning to get worn down because they've been on the field the entire time. So in any event, I'm just giving you some of my, my thoughts, my honesty on what I saw. Uh, that's not to say that the Bucs didn't have chances to get back in the game. Sure you did. With Jameis and the offense that you have, you do. But not nearly good enough on either side of the ball and against a really good opponent to get that win on Sunday. All right, so there are my feelings here at the outset. I'll mix in some more comments as we go along. Let's get into the highlights of what happened here. And as I mentioned, New Orleans got the ball first. Bucks actually won the toss and elected to defer, something that Bruce Arians has rarely done Uh, This season, in fact, he had not done that. When the team has won the toss, they've taken the ball every time so far through the first nine games. They haven't won the toss every time and haven't ended up with the ball, therefore, every time. 
But in this case, uh, wanted to defer to the second half. He would explain uh, after the game what his reasoning was with trying to get an extra possession at the end of the half and at the start of the second half. So a little strategy. Uh, the Saints took the, the opening kickoff and went 60 yards in 10 plays. And here again is something that I'm going to point out. You saw on the opening drive, missed tackle, missed tackle. Yes, you had some, some solid plays from Devin White and some others on that opening drive. But you had missed tackles at the line of scrimmage, missed tackles downfield on receivers. You got to be more locked in. I'm not, I'm not saying anything that you fans can't see with your own eyes when you're watching the game on TV or, or now with through technology. You can go in under NFL a Game Pass and watch the same coaches tape, the All-22 tape. If you're a fan and you're wanting to analyze, you can see all of this. So too many missed tackles in that instance. And the Bucks get the ball on the opening drive and don't do anything with it with a three and out and give the ball right back to the Saints who proceed to march another seven minutes the second time with the ball and get a second Will Lutz field goal. So again, it was over 13 minutes of clock time on those two drives and the, the Bucks ran five plays in the first quarter. Now, you could have a good upside in the first quarter of only running five plays. They're like you scored on two long plays, like two long bomb passes for touchdowns. Then it's acceptable to only have five plays. When you're behind 13-0 and you haven't possessed the ball because of it, and you're only running five plays, that's got to get better. All right, so we mentioned key sequence. 6-0 game. Ball back in the hands of the Buccaneers late in the first half, and here was something that has been, unfortunately, too common as of late, a turnover. Again, one back set, Winston, five-step drop, looks to throw, looks to throw, dumps the ball over the caught ball, and behind, oh, a fumble football! It's picked off! Fumble football! And it's picked off by Demario Davis. O.J. Howard tried to catch the ball behind his back. Again, lots of blame to go around everywhere on that play. O.J. Howard, who's a number one pick, has got to hang on to that ball. He, he had it behind his back like he was almost trying to trap it behind his back and lost it up in the air. Just a blunder, a blunderous play. You're better off at that ball falling to the ground. And even if you don't get a first down and you punt, you go into the second quarter, go back on defense, and play field position. Instead, the Saints have it right away, and right away they're looking, Drew Brees, for the for the favorite target in the pass game. From the 16, Brees dropping, looking, firing to the right, wide open, Michael Thomas. Don't let number 13 get open. We did, he did, and a touchdown on the first play after the takeaway. Michael Thomas leads the NFL in receptions, in average yards per game, in first down catches on the season, and there he gets the touchdown. And suddenly you look up at the end of the first quarter and say 13-0. Not insurmountable, but 13-0, not the start that you would have wanted. And uh, again, it did not get much better from there. You, uh, you weren't able to pick up more than one first down. You punt the ball away. The Saints march again, take another almost seven minutes off the clock. Breeze finds Jared Cook with a three-yard touchdown, the big tight end, a big target leaping over the top of Andrew Adams for the touchdown. And holy smokes, uh, New Orleans showing why they're one of the best teams in the NFL, 20 to nothing in the opening half. But I, I remember saying this with Gene and Dave on the broadcast, you're built for offense. We say this all the time. Still a ton of time left and a whole second half left. Go get back in the game. And that's exactly what the Bucs set out to do. Seven plays, 
75 yards, a couple of good completions from Jameis Winston, and then eventually it would lead to this. Cameron great in motion, a tight end from the right shotgun set. Bucks, here's the snap to Winston, wants to throw, looks over the middle, fires over the caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay, Peyton Barber. That's that angle route you talked about, went to the right, cut back toward the post, and the pass was on the money, and Barber squeezed it in. So Peyton Barber gets in the end zone for this second straight week. Of course, that came after a long completion to rookie Scotty Miller down the sideline where initially it looked like Miller was in the end zone. But then a replay ruled him down at the one-yard line. Bucks finally do get in the end zone and trim the lead with the extra point to 20-7. to Then you get a defensive stop, and now you're in better shape at this stage because you have the ball, exactly what you're looking for, with a chance with a possession late in the half to make something happen, uh, and you're driving into scoring range uh, late in the in the half after the Thomas Morstead punt with about a minute 45 left. Winston's able to complete uh, a couple of passes. Uh, you got a defensive holding penalty. Uh, he's able to find um, Daria Gunbawale on a completion, Mike Evans on a completion. Then you get a holding penalty. Here again, self-inflicted mistakes. The holding penalty moves you back out of the fringe of field goal range with about 30 seconds left. So Jameis is trying to get a pass to get back into field goal range here on third and 11 in the final 15 seconds of the half. And unfortunately, it happens again. We're not in field goal range yet. 10 seconds. Here's the snap. Winston looking. Now seam route. It is intercepted. Picked off at the 20. Down the sideline to the left side. Runs safety Von Bell. And the quarter will come to an end on the second takeaway by the Saints in today's ballgame. Chris Godwin was the intended receiver, but uh, actually Kiko Alonso, the linebacker for the Saints, read the play underneath. He breaks it up, bats it in the air. Vaughn Bell picks it off. Second turnover uh, to end the half, and the Saints go to the locker room with a 20-7 lead. And I, I remember uh, speaking with Bruce Arians, the head coach, walking to the locker room and uh, and said, hey, what has to be better in the second half? He said a couple of things. we got to stop the run of what they're doing better because it's affecting us and the coverages we want to run against the pass because we're having to leave an extra guy in the box. And the other and the other thing is we got to stop with the self-inflicted stuff with, uh, with the penalties and the turnovers. So that would lead to half number two. And again, for the, the Bucks, you're able to get a little bit of a drive going uh, a couple of completions, one to Cameron Brait, who you'll hear from after this game is over with for nine yards. Uh, then another one to uh, to Chris Godwin for five, then Brait again for 12, and then Mike Evans for seven. So you're moving the ball down the field, but eventually the drive stalls after a false start penalty and an incompletion on third and six. You have to line up, and uh, this has been one of the most consistent weapons for the Buccaneers, the long field goals of rookie Matt Gay. Bradley Pinion to hold the spot right on the 45. The kick is airborne. It is long enough. It is long enough. And it is good! How about Matt Gay? Cold, hard football. And he kicks it 55. Fire the cannons three times. 55-yarder is good, and you have some life at 20-10. to 10. A 10-point 10 deficit now after you were behind 20 to nothing with a chance to try to make something happen. But the defense doesn't rise to the occasion. Instead, New Orleans uh, later on in that third period does what they had been doing. Alvin Kamara runs for seven. 
You get uh, Latavius Murray running for a first down. Eventually, Michael Thomas comes up with a big catch and run. Again, same theme. He's their best receiver. You know he's going to get some, but he was running wide open in the middle of the defense for 41 more yards. Let him catch it for 10, maybe 15, but a 41-yard play is big. And they move into scoring position, and Drew Brees does it again. Shotgun formation, Kamara side, car left, dropping Breeze, looking left, Breeze back to the right, caught ball, touchdown. Touchdown, Ted Ginn Jr. Second game this season, Ginn has scored a touchdown against the Bucs secondary. Yeah, Ted Ginn with the catch there as Gene and Dave are on the calls on Buccaneers Radio. That pushed the lead back to 27-10, and you really saw the body language, the expressions. The game's not over at that point with five minutes to go in the third quarter, but you could tell there were some guys demoralized at that point in the game. Now, here's the good news. The Buccaneers, again, built for offense. Keep saying that. Showed some push, showed some fight, got a first down. Then then Jameis Winston got sacked by Cameron Jordan, but immediately after the sack gets a completion to Cameron Brait and then got this pass uh, to Chris Godwin over the middle and eventually into the end zone to get Tampa Bay right back in the game. One empty backfield for Winston, takes the snap, here comes pressure, goes a foul, underneath ball, caught ball, first down to the 20, outside the numbers, Godwin the 10, 5, 3, 2, 1, touchdown Tampa Bay! Fire the cannon, Godwin takes a crossing route to the house! Godwin's so good at the catch and run. It's officially a 30-yard touchdown ball, a little bit behind him and at knee level. He makes a great adjustment to catch the ball, turns it upfield. Evans gets the big body in the way on one defender, and Godwin runs right through the seam for the touchdown. And again, a 10-point game. You're back in the game at 27-17, and you're looking good for the possibility to make something happen in the fourth quarter of this one. So the Saints have the ball. The Saints end up having to punt the ball. The Bucs get a good stop on third and 17 and, and force an errant throw from Drew Brees. And so you get the ball back. And this is when we get into a little bit of the controversy uh, of some of the officiating. And I'll get into that now as part of the highlights. So you're moving the ball out towards midfield. You get a scramble by Jameis Winston for 23 yards. You're able to find Ronald Jones over the middle for four yards. And then... Uh, Scotty Miller uh, picks up a five-yard catch, bringing up fourth and one. So a crucial moment here early in the fourth quarter. Down by 10, 27-17. You run the play on fourth down. You get the completion on a slant pass to Mike Evans. But wait, hold everything. Flag on the field. Evans flagged for pass interference against P.J. Williams, the defensive back of the Saints. Now, you had several problems uh, with this uh, on the play. The first one is that the defensive back, uh, Williams, is lined up in the neutral zone on the play. Uh, the, the ref, Bradley Rogers and his crew, completely missed that. Botched, blown, their fault. He's lined up offsides in the neutral zone. Should have been automatic first down, flag at the snap. The second thing is, and the, <laughs> the Saints are famous for running pick plays at defensive backs and body blocking them within the five-yard radius, within the one-yard radius of the line of scrimmage that that's supposed to be allowed to happen. Here you have Mike Evans one step off the line, one yard off the line, trying to get a defensive back away from him. He uses a hand swim move to get the DB away from him, hand fighting with it. And the refs throw the flag, I believe erroneously. You gotta let that go. Let him play within the five yards. DB can put his hands on him and reroute him. 
Let Evans put his hands on him. As long as he doesn't throw him to the ground, which he didn't. He's using an inside move. The DB's selling it a little bit, falling backwards. Let that go. Well, then Bruce Arians challenges the play, throws the challenge flag, and we go back to the command center in New York, and we've seen this over and over and over again in recent games, whether it's uh, to coach with the challenge or even last week you got the benefit of New York initiating the replay review in the final couple of minutes of the game and giving the Bucs uh, first and goal at the one-yard line. No flag was thrown on the field, but they said, yes, it was pass interference. In this case, they say, no, the call stands. It's it's uh, pass interference on Mike Evans. Of course, the Bucks go crazy. It's a 10-yard penalty. Now you're forced to punt. You can't pin the Saints in because, again, here we go with self-inflicted. You have special teams player T.J. Logan running on the sideline as the gunner on special teams. He's got to make an effort to get back in the field of play. Instead, he's running down that sideline on his own. It's a 15-yard penalty. New Orleans takes advantage of the field position. They work on the clock. They, they move the ball with three first downs out of their own end and punt and move the Bucks down to the 11-yard line. And so that would lead to really the end sequence of this game as uh, Jameis Winston's able to find Mike Evans for 22 yards with under six minutes to go. Bucks trying to move out of their own end, trailing still at this point 27-17. And then after the one first down, you're not able to pick up another one. Incomplete pass. On first down, second and 10, looking for Cam Brait. The pass is incomplete. And then I thought on the third down play, they could have called interference on the Saints again. Uh, the, the ball uh, to Brait over the middle with a defender, uh, Demario Davis, over his back. And on that play, the Saints pass rusher, Trey Hendrickson, uh, ran into Winston's left leg and left ankle, hitting him as he threw. It was one of 12 quarterback hits or sacks on the day for the Saints. Jameis came up hobbling. No call on the play. Coach Arians elects not to use his final challenge of the game. He did have a timeout left. He did have a challenge left to challenge that as interference or not. So instead, you've now got to run a play. You're down by 10 points. There's five minutes left in the game. Actually, at this point, there's 519 left in the game. You can't give the ball back to the Saints which is one timeout left, and let him burn another two minutes off the clock with a 10-point lead. So you're going to go for it. And Jameis, uh, unfortunately, puts this one kind of up for grabs over Mike Evans. And you know if you uh, were there, if you've been listening, if you've been seeing the highlights, that this clinched the game. Dropping Winston, throws a long ball downfield. It is intercepted, picked off. Down the far sideline to the 35 to the 30. Outside the numbers to the 15 to the 10. Touchdown, New Orleans Saints. And that's the backbreaker. That'll do it. Interception return for a touchdown. Marcus Williams, the free safety, his fourth interception of the season. So it ends up being a 55-yard interception return for Marcus Williams. His third interception or the third interception by Jameis Winston on the day. And at that point, as Gene called it, it's basically game over. 34-17 with five minutes left. You're not... Uh, completely out of it, but the the uh, light is all but is extinguished at that point, and it would be subsequently later. You got inside of scoring range uh, in the final couple of minutes through another interception down there around the goal line. The Saints eventually run the clock out and come away with an eighth victory on the year now, eight and two, with a thirty-four to seventeen win. So uh, I, I will say this team continues to battle, but just did not play well enough. I mean, I, I haven't touched on this, and we didn't have it in the highlights. You have a screen pass set up to Ronald Jones, and I'm going to name names here. Ryan Jensen is a high-priced center. He he would be the first one to tell you this, too. 
where they've got a screen set up to Ronald Jones and Ryan Jensen's got to get one guy blocked. It is one-on-one, and if he gets that guy blocked, Ronald Jones is out the gate on the left side of the field with one other defender downfield with a receiver, and he's maybe gone for a touchdown. And Jensen doesn't get the guy blocked. These are little things that add up to big things. We, we talked about uh, losing guys in coverage. We saw that a couple of times with Michael Thomas running free in the coverage. That, that's incumbent on your secondary to communicate, the safeties, linebackers, Levante, David, and uh, Devin White to know who's got who in the coverage that we're running in, in game number 10. You got you to gotta know those things. You can't keep turning people loose, but that is what was happening uh, on Sunday. And again, Drew Brees is going into the Hall of Fame. Give him credit. They were not going to play two awful games on offense in a row. What you were hoping for is contain them and then outscore them with your own offense. But the end result is a 34-17 New Orleans win, uh, dropping the Bucks to 3-7 and seven on the season. So, uh, again, uh, not enough uh, rushing attempts in this game. I know some of it is you were behind in the game, but uh, Ronald Jones carries the ball four times, 13 yards. Uh, Daria Gunbawale looked like he scored there at the end of the game on the goal line. They didn't give him the touchdown down on the goal line. Uh, You end up trying to throw the ball on third down and throw the interception, trying to get it to Mike Evans. Six rushing attempts from the running backs. Eight total in the game, um, including Jameis Winston with a fumbled snap that counts as a rushing attempt. There's not enough balance there on the offense. Some of it's your behind. Some of it is got to set out to have a better identity running the ball. I think we can all agree with that. Um, That the run game has become less and less. We've seen it uh, at times in spots be very effective. For this team, especially early in games, to set up the play-action pass. It was not the case on Sunday. It is one game, and hopefully it will be better uh, in the coming games coming up. All right, so when this was over with, we went inside the locker room and talked first with Jameis Winston, who did finish with a 300-yard pass day, did have the full interceptions going along with the two touchdowns. Here was the Bucks quarterback on our Hooters postgame show. Tough one here as the final is 34-17. Jameis Winston stands with us uh, immediately after it's over. Let's begin with how you got back in the game, especially in the second half. What were you doing well to get back in it and give yourselves a chance? Uh, Just executing, um, moving the ball up and down the field. Uh, We just got to play better. The touchdown to Chris Godwin, he did a lot of that. Just describe what you saw after the throw. Uh, He just made a great play. That's who he is. Uh, He continues to do that. All right, there were a couple of sequences here. You look like you might have a first down to Mike Evans. I'm not going to ask you to criticize the officials. That doesn't go your way, and so it ends up being a fourth down situation, and you don't end up uh, getting that one. And then later, you're down on the goal line with a first and goal down at the one. You can't get in. Just missed opportunities there to try to complete the comeback? Yeah, that's that's all it was. What must be better? You're now 3-7. and seven. What has to be better starting this week? Everything. Uh, i got to start with myself. And uh, when I start there, everything else will start falling in. Not a lot for him to say as he finished 30 of 51 for 313 yards. He now builds on his uh, all-time record. That's five consecutive 300-yard games. No Buccaneer quarterback has ever done that before. 300-yard passing games in five straight. Again, Jameis would trade it for the win as, uh, as once again, he's standing there talking to me. Uh, after a loss, would much rather have something else. Cameron Brait, by the way, career-high 10 receptions in this one, tying the Bucks franchise record for most receptions by a tight end. Here was Cam Brait when it was done. 
let's talk about trying to get back in the game. You guys had the ball, had some opportunities in the second half. What was working well to get you back in the game? Um, kind of short passes. They were uh, their game plan was really to take Mike and Chris out of the game. Um, so you know, the ball had to go somewhere else, and um, you know, I thought we did a good job kind of taking those gains throughout, and uh, just some crucial errors kind of killed us. What was being said, if anything, because you had the ball a couple of times with the game 27-17 where you had some chances. What, if anything, was being said while you're trying to finish off a possible comeback? Uh, you know, just take what they're giving you, essentially. Um, you know, they're pretty soft in their coverage uh, the whole game, and that was their game plan. So um, it was just whether it was, you know, someone on the offensive line, running back, you know, tight end receiver, it was just someone different kind of making a mistake here and there, and that kind of just added up, and we just couldn't put it all together. You have caught 10 balls today, which is a career high for you. We're still checking, but I believe it ties a Buccaneer record for most catches by a tight end. I know you traded all for a win, but why did you have that kind of success today? Because uh, they try to take Mike and Chris out of the game, so, you know, ball had to go somewhere else. We found ourselves down, um, you know, two scores pretty early, so we kind of had to switch up the script and rely on the passing game to get us back in the game and um, you know there were spots in their zones and James was just kind of checking it down to me throughout. There's going to be a lot of scrutiny of a lot of different plays. One of them is the fourth down play or it may have actually been the third down play before the interception where you appeared to have position defender coming over the top. You just describe what happened on that. Yeah it's just uh, you know there's going to be contact in the middle of the field. Um, you know he got his hands on me. I kind of was pushing off him so um, you know, it was just unfortunate that we didn't get the call there, but, um, you know, we had a chance, uh, I think, on fourth down two, and we didn't convert. So, um, yeah, we would like to get a flag there, but uh, unfortunately didn't get it. As a veteran player, just one more, what do you guys tell yourselves here as you try to regroup at three and seven starting in the next couple of days? Uh, you know, just don't, don't worry about everyone else. Just focus on what we're doing. And, uh, you know, we had a really, really good week of practice um, leading up to the game uh, today. And, for whatever reason, just uh, didn't kind of culminate the way we wanted to and um, just kind of got to regroup, refocus, see what we did wrong during the game and, and just get after it next week. Again, that guy's coming back from injured ribs and looked like the Cam Braid of old, one of Jameis's favorite targets. You know, part of what was going on, too, this is the truth, is the Saints were dialing up pressure and were saying to the Bucks, we'll let you throw the ball five yards to Cameron Braid or a back out of the backfield. You're not going to get it down the field to Evans or Godwin or Perriman or Scotty Miller. Now, you did get one long one to Scotty Miller in the second quarter, but by and large, they were trying to lock things down and only give you the underneath stuff, and Brait took advantage of that with the 10 catches. Uh, the end result for the defensive side of the ball, uh, as, I've, as I've mentioned, they, they're going to be the first ones to tell you you can't give up all those yards and all those points. But Devin White, the rookie, first-round pick out of LSU, led the Bucks with 13 tackles uh, in this one, 11 of them solo tackles. White had six tackles in the first quarter alone. Here was the rookie on our post-game coverage on Buccaneers Radio after it was over. I just try to go out there and help my team get wins. That's all. But, man, just, you know, I got great coaches. I mean, that's all I can say. Every All the credit goes to those guys and, you know, training staff and, you know, weight room. You know, AP does a great job. So he's just allowed me to just be at my best out there. We just joined you, Devin, here on the Buccaneers Radio Network. Your first time to go against Drew Brees. Just assess what it was like to be out there and what was he able to do out there today for them. Oh, it was a great uh, feeling playing against, you know, the hometown hero. You know, uh, growing up watching them, but 
the end of the day, you know, he the enemy when I'm on the field against him. So, I mean, I, I mean, I like the rivalry. You know, uh, I feel like we could have played better as a, you know, collective group on defense. You know, but I mean, we got out there and we did some great things. We had some great uh, spurts, but you know, we got to eliminate the minor things that we didn't do well. You know, we just can't shoot ourselves in the foot. I mean, that just come with more experience and more communication and just fighting all the way to the end. So that's one thing about this defense. Like, we got to be fighters. It has been rare that a team could run the ball on this defense. Were they doing anything you hadn't seen? Do you just credit them on execution for being able to run it when they did? Uh, I mean, they went away from some stuff that they that we, on our scouting report that, that we knew they was going to do. They did the complete opposite in some, but I don't feel like we gave them too much. They probably had, what, 100 on the ground? So, like, you know, that's they got three, four running backs they was bringing in. And, you know, you got to account for them in all different type of ways. So, I mean, they, 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 they did what they had to do. Hopefully better days ahead. And that young man continues to show great effort and the, the leadership that he and Levante David have in the middle uh, is obviously evident and you need it to continue as the, the games go on here. All right, the head coach uh, got done with his uh, press obligation with the media and then we had the chance to speak with him after it was over with. Coach Bruce Arians shaking his head at another defeat. Here was our conversation immediately after. 34-17 is our final as the Saints have won it and the coach is here uh, after it is done. Um, just give me an overall thought. You battled. You got back in the game. What are your overall thoughts after this one is over with? Yeah, there were a couple of plays. I mean, the, the interception, OJ drops, and, 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 and they intercept the ball after we've, we've held them to two field goals. And uh, that was huge. Go down to go down thirteen nothing, but then battle back. Big play right before the half when we throw the ball down the middle and it hits a foot and goes up in the air and they end it because we had a field goal and uh, we we've got the ball. And we we purposely took the, put the defense out there today so we'd have a, a chance for a double score. We don't get the one before the half. We get the one after the half, and uh, and just don't make enough plays on defense uh, to get them off the field. All right. Part of the comeback is a touchdown to Chris Godwin. I know uh, I ask you about this all the time, but it's a positive. I mean, he continues to make plays, makes a great catch, and then a run after the catch to help you get back in the game. Yeah, it's amazing. Chris Chris is a heck of a run-after-catch guy. I didn't even realize he was the number one screen runner in the league. So, I mean, he, yeah, it was a great catch because it was down low, and uh, but he made a heck of a play. We kept looking up at the scoreboard. Even though they had been up 20 to nothing, the game is still 27-17 with a ton of time left. Uh, it, just take me through what you're thinking with 12 minutes, 13 minutes still to go. You're still in the game. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. We were in a two-minute situation being down two scores, and we're moving the ball pretty good. And, you know, I I have to look at the film again, but I would I would bet the ranch that Dari scored down there, and uh, and they don't give it to us. Then we get a, a penalty and, and an interception, but uh, – you know, we should have had the ball ball in the end zone and um, got it back into you know ten point game. It's not gonna make you feel any better, but I was on the goal line and I thought he was in live and laying in the end zone. But oh well, they don't ask me either. All right, so there's gonna be a lot of scrutiny on the Mike Evans play. Uh, what was the explanation on why they did not overturn it? They came to you and said, "Call stands." You were asking for an explanation. There wasn't enough evidence. Period. That's it. Wow. Uh, in terms of uh, Devin White, young player, gets 13 tackles out there today, scrapping and battling. I know you haven't seen Coach's tape, but just say something about the way he played and hustled. Oh, he's flying around. He's making plays. You know, he's healthy again. And, uh, you know, uh, he's, he's going to be a great, great player for us down the road. And uh, we just got to play better around him. 
Drew Brees, you did not go against him the first time. How much do you credit what he was able to do? He checked into some run plays, obviously, and made some throws in this game, Coach. Yeah, you don't fool Drew. You know, that we had a lot of guys double covered, and all of a sudden he finds a check down. And, um, you know, that's Drew. I mean, you, you're, you've got, we got to put him on the ground, and we didn't do enough job on the pass rush. And finally, for your team, you got a lot of veterans in that locker room in there. How do you regroup? How do you go about regrouping after this tough one? I just come back to work, you know. We'll be back to work tomorrow, and uh, and, and uh, got Atlanta, uh, another division game. So it's, it's like I told them, we're not counting wins and losses as far as playoffs. We're just talking about good practices and play better on Sundays. Coach, thank you. You bet. All you can do is be professionals and come back to work. Bruce Arians been in the NFL for a long time as a coordinator and as a former head coach with the Cardinals and even for the one year as the interim with the Indianapolis Colts. Got to get this thing turned around. Got to keep working. Got to keep battling. That's all that the Bucks can do. Uh, a couple of more numbers and items coming uh, out of this game, as we made mention of from a uh, stat standpoint. Uh, Chris Godwin, three catches, 47 yards of the touchdown. Mike Evans, four catches, 69 yards, just missing the 1,000-yard season that, again, will put him in in company with only Randy Moss, the Hall Hall of Famer. Six seasons to start your career with 1,000 yards or more receiving in each one of them, six straight. So Evans should be able to get that in the upcoming game in Atlanta, probably on the first reception he will be getting that, because I believe he's right around six or seven yards from that 1,000-yard mark. So we look forward to that coming this Sunday. We mentioned Drew Brees. Uh, What more can you say? Efficient, 28 of 35, 75% completion percentage, 228 yards, the three scores. Yeah, he and the Saints were back. Alvin Kamara ran it better with 13 carries for 75 yards. He led them with 10 receptions as well. He's coming back from an ankle injury. He looked like the Kamara of old, and the Saints look like the Saints. Again, credit them. They've won eight games. They were the number one seed in the NFC last year, and they looked the part again this year. I know they're trailing San Francisco by a game right now in the chase for the top seed in the playoffs, but New Orleans looks every bit that part. So I give them credit here in this one. All right, so it's a it's a frustrating Sunday that drops the Bucks to 3-7. and seven. The only thing you can do is try to regroup and get ready to play the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, and look here. The Atlanta Falcons have suddenly woken up and look like a team that is going to go on a, a serious roll here after their big win in New Orleans in the Superdome last week. They come back this week, go into Carolina, and intercept Kyle Allen four times and put together a tremendous Sunday on the road in Charlotte, 29-3. Matt Ryan throwing for 300 yards and another touchdown. So the Falcons have come off their bye week at 1-7 and seven and shown improved play. And that's what the Bucs have to show now going to Atlanta and from here on out. Be smarter. Miss tackles, get rid of them. Uh, bad, uh, bad pass blocking, tighten it up. Uh, over and over, it lost uh, guys in the secondary losing receivers, tighten it up quarterbacks got to stop throwing the ball to the other team it's it's just the reality 18 interceptions leads the nfl there is no sugarcoating that you cannot continue to throw interceptions if you're Jameis winston who now going back to that game in london i believe it is 12 interceptions total since that game it's too many cut down on the turnovers play a clean game error free get back to running the ball Obviously, six carries, not nearly enough for the balance on the offense. Look for this team to come out and try to establish that run at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We will be there for the first of two matchups with the Falcons 
coming on Sunday. Obviously, former Bucks coach Dirk Cutter now the offensive coordinator. And again, they seem that they've gotten on track throwing the ball with Matt Ryan. Back-to-back good games for him. Of course, former Buccaneers coach Raheem Morris is back coaching the Atlanta secondary, and that's made a huge difference. As I mentioned, four interceptions of Kyle Allen on Sunday. It will be a tall task in Atlanta, but hang in there, Buck fans. A chance to win that one, and then you come back home after that game with the opportunity to play three of your last four. After that one in the Jacksonville game, you're going to play three of your last four at home. So go get the Falcons, and let's see what can happen with some home games down the stretch of the season. That'll do it for this edition of the Nothing But Bucks podcast. My thanks to Steve Carney for helping me with highlights and interviews. Jeff Ryan's our director of broadcasting. We thank you for finding the podcast. Again, subscribe wherever you find podcasts at Nothing But Bucks, including the iTunes store. It's also available on the Buccaneers mobile app, Buccaneers.com. If you found it through a social media link, you'll find the podcast. But again, by subscribing, it comes automatically to you. We'll be back next week. After the Buccaneers matchup at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, hopefully that one goes better and the Bucs get back on the winning track looking for a fourth victory. Hey, if Atlanta can uh, rise up, as they like to say, and put a couple of wins together, so too can the pewter and red of the Bucs. Let's see if it happens coming this week. I'm TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with me on Nothing But Bucks.